Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. genuinely shocking twist that I did not expect and did not see coming. Samoa Joe has been working with the devil and as such, MJF has lost the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships to the Putty Patrol. I am Luke Owen, DAD. I'm joined by Pete Quinnell as we review AEW Dynamite here on the Rest of Podcast channel. Please do press the subscribe button if this is your first time here and you haven't already. Give us a little thumbs up to help with the old algorithm. Not that I know if it actually helps with the algorithm these days. They, I think they just keep changing their mind on what the thumbs up button does, but press it anyway. And leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode of AEW Dynamite, as well as your thoughts on our, uh, our awards. Our mm. end of war- I've actually got an update for the end of year awards Ooh. that I would like to do a little bit later on. So mm. please do try and remind me. That I, I would try like to, my best. That I would like to, the thing I want to bring up. Okay. Um, well, so, you know, that's a, we call that in the industry a hook and tease. Okay. So that's a, a teaser for, mm-hmm. for later on down the line. Yes. Stick around. You can find out what has happened with the end of year awards. Ooh. Sounds interesting. Doesn't it just? Yes. Uh, as we, just for, you know, until then, we'll review Dynamite. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to review Dynamite now. And the main event of this show started with about five minutes before the top of the hour. Yeah. They were like, with a 60 minute time limit. I'm like, oh, that's ambitious. It was like, they're at the end of the Danielson um, uh, Kingston match. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoo, hot dog. Like, you know, wiping away the sweat from my brown. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need a cigarette after that match. Yeah. It was so good. And then I was like, I tapped my, my phone screen because I had to watch this on the train coming in this morning. Yeah. It was the optimum way of watching wrestling, oh, yeah. I find. Yeah. So, you know, I tapped the screen to see how much longer was left of the show. And there was like half an hour left. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, that gives us loads of time for the MJF and, mm-hmm. and Samoa Joe tank. I guess there won't be a women's match on this show, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's not great, but like it gives us time for this main event thing. And then there was some more talking segments. Then a women's match started. I was like, "Hold on, how how much time are we going to give?" I I guess this will be more angle than it than it is match, and that's what it ended up being. Yeah, it was like only like a couple of minutes long once the entrances happened. Everything. So what happened was, the party patrol came out, and then what? (laughs) The devil's masked men. Yeah, (laughs) the party patrol. They they came out, and uh, MJF made his entrance. Mm Aim at the full shebang and everything. Samoa Joe's music played, and no Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. um, no Moa Joe. And then he looked on the screen. Samoa no. That was better. Samoa no show. Samoa no show. <laughs> we did it. Samoa Every- no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on the screen, they showed. They showed. No, no, <laughs> Jamo- no. Jamoa showed him on the screen. <laughs> And he was all screaming in agony because his leg was hurt. Because presumably the devil or the party patrol had attacked him backstage. So he's there like screaming in agony. And MJF is just like, ah, man, annoying. But I'm going to do this. Yeah. Because it means the world to me that I defend these belts. I told my best friend, Adam Cole, that I would defend these belts uh, all the time. Mm -hmm. And so he gets in the ring. He basically out wrestles both of them, even though they've got the numbers advantage. It slightly gets them in their favor. But MJF is never in danger. Until another one comes out from under the ring while the referee is distracted and he clocks MJF with a lead pipe. In his bad shoulder. In his bad shoulder, which he had like mm-hmm. hugely taped up. Yeah. 
And then one of the Putty Patrol hit the Heat Seeker, MJF's own move, and pinned him with his feet on the ropes, though he did slip. Sort of. Yeah, it kind of bollocks that up a little bit. Get yep. his feet on the ropes to get the one, two, three. Like a deathly silent from the crowd of mm -hmm. like, oh. oh. All right. Yeah. And they announced, well, they actually didn't even announce they're the winners. They just, like, Justin Roberts was just like, and a winner. It's a new Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, but doesn't know what to call them. Yeah, well, they, then there was a brawl that happened, so it just stopped announcing yeah. afterwards. They started brawling. Uh, they started beating up MJF some more. Samoa Joe comes out with a chair. There's, like, officials trying to stop him and restrain him. Samoa Joe walks down to the ring, chair in hand. He slides into the ring, and he fends them off. The devil appears on screen and says, pleasure doing business with you. And I was like, oh, that's a nice little bit of... Um, it could go either way. Mm. Was that the devil saying that to Max mm -hmm. to beat up Samoa Joe, mm -hmm. which would be weird, I guess. Weird. But it was actually directed, and it was made very clear, it was directed to Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe hits MJF with the chair, and he grabs him, and he picks him up, and he says, I've been doing this to you. Yep. I've been doing this with you. And like they were on coverage being like, he is working with the devil. There's no two ways about this. Samoa Joe is working with the devil. He's not the devil, mm -hmm. but he's been working with him. And he gives him the muscle buster and he stands tall. And that's a really, really good closing angle leading into the pay-per-view. Because this has been a storyline that's been a bit like, oh, he's the henchman. He's going to be, I want to make sure you're 100%. But now, like, in your final moment, your closing moment, you want to have the hottest part of this. This is now MGF going up against a devil goon. But it's a goon that we know. And it's a fully healed Samoa Joe, which is well dangerous. Mm -hmm. So I thought, like, clumsiness aside and i do think there is a better way of doing this which I'll, I'll give my fantasy pitch to in a moment but i do think overall this was an effective angle to build to the pay-per-view i agree i think it was a very effective angle to build to the pay-per-view i do think it was misplaced i think this would have been way more effective last week this would have been Big reveal. Joe's been working with the devil. Oh my god. What does this mean? Has it been the whole time? Was it just this one? Was Joe has Joe been corrupted? What is what's his relationship with the devil? I feel like there's a lot of questions still. And then if you just had one more week to kind of tie a bow on all of this, and that's when you have Max getting fired up, Joe getting fired up, they have a brawl on the go home show. Yeah, yeah. That's the big heat to then go into the pay-per-view. It just feels like this like this is a really important step in the story and a very important one and a good one and this was a good story. It just feels like it needs to come slightly earlier because I feel like there's still questions heading into World's End when I don't think we should be having those questions. Not those questions. Some other ones, absolutely. We need intrigue for the match. But this still, to me, felt a little bit like, oh, I need, I need a bit more from this now. Now that we've had this next step, I need it to be answered before they have the match. I think, for me. I think that's fair. Because I, I think a lot of sort of common thoughts on this and sort of like, you know, a pretty much, I want to say like a commonplace thought process on it, but we talked about this last week on the Dynamite show. Some people are starting to get a little bit, all right, like, I get it. Mm -hmm. When are we going to get to the fireworks factory? And the fireworks factory appears to be World's End. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, that was a couple of weeks away. So it was like, okay, well, did, and then we'll do this. And then we'll do mm -hmm. this. I thought, like, the hangman stuff, I thought was a really nice wrinkle to it. I think the addition of Swerve last mm -hmm. week was a really nice, like, addition yep. to it. Agreed. But I think you're right, because we were supposed to have this match three weeks ago. Yeah, I lose track of time. I think it was it's been Christmas. I don't know. I anymore. think it was three weeks ago when they, were, they first announced they were going to do Joe and MJF versus mm -hmm. the Master Men, and they didn't do it because they did an angle instead where mm -hmm. they attacked um, MJF backstage. So I kind of get that way, but I, I, I think you're right, and I do agree with you that this has been like a little bit like teasing out slightly too much, and that maybe we could have done this maybe then mm -hmm. and just really like sort of heat this up so we're going like really hot going into the pay-per-view as opposed to being the go-home angle having the really most heated part of this feud going into the pay-per-view mm -hmm. so I, I get it to it i get it to a point i can see both sides of it for me though to, where i kind of sit on the the clumsy execution of it is here is how i would have booked this mm -hmm. if if i may yes please you just you have the match. Mm -hmm. So it's Joe and it's MJF against the Putty Patrol. And MJF and Joe are both standing in the ring. Joe walks in front of Max to protect him. And then he turns around and he clocks MJF, mm -hmm. gives him the muscle buster, tells one of the guys to pin him. Guy pins him. He wins the tag titles. And that's when you have the devil appear on screen. 
pleasure doing business with you. Mm -hmm. Joe lays him out some more. The reason why I think my version works slightly better, if, if I may be so bold as mm -hmm. to, to brag about this and, and say, Joe is the one that's caused him the loss. Yeah. Because my big like negative I have on this, I don't want to see my world champion being pinned going into the pay-per-view, particularly by chumps mm -hmm. particularly by masked chumps who i've got no idea are like i call them the putty patrol because they just feel like goons mm -hmm. they may be wearing t-shirts like batman villains in, yeah. in the 60s show it's a goon on them mm -hmm. so i think in my version with joe being the one that takes out max that means that joe has cost him something to give you that real big bit of heat going into the pay-per-view you still get the reveal but it's Joe's the driving force. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? Like that. Yeah. That that that's. If I was to do it, that's probably what I would have pitched. Yeah. Because in this, in your version, the emphasis is much more on Joe. Yeah. Because it's still Joe that cost him because he didn't come out for the tag match. But really, it's just the masked men that did it. The focus is on the masked men. It was the lad under the ring. Yes. That exactly. really cost MJF the Absolutely, match. Absolutely. Yes. Whereas this felt. Yeah. I think it was like. I think yours is actually better. Yeah. For me as well, though, what I didn't particularly like about the way that MJF lost was for me it was a bit too quick based on the template that they've already made MJF overcomes all the odds that's literally what he does in every match he's had one leg against Jay White and he wins he's done ridiculous stuff where some people have gone that's a bit much and he's actually overcome ridiculous odds but you've now set that template so when it is one pipe shot and a heat seeker that's not really enough to pin him. Yeah, I guess so, because it's it's the you I make the argument of as to the injured shoulder. Yeah. And and it's MJF's own move, so you're protecting mm -hmm. that move. Yeah. But yeah, I, But it's I a agree. signature for him. It's not it's not even like his his main thing. Like if it was the diamond ring, mm -hmm. I could get that. Yeah, totally. Uh but if it was like yeah, it just felt like a little bit like, oh, well, he's overcome all this other stuff. Why didn't he kick out this at the start of a match as well? And you can, two minutes in, and like, I think you can tell by the flat crowd's absolutely. reaction to it. Everyone was like, "Oh, that's how it's going to end." Yeah. All right. It, 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 it wasn't stunned silence. I don't. No, think. it wasn't. It was a bit of just like shock, but not like good shock. It was no, like, it's, it's, yeah, uh, this is not the streak ending. No, like, and, and I'm not trying to say that the the two would have been like comparable. <laughs> no. but like that was that stunned silence of people being like, yeah. Wait, was that the finish? Mm -hmm. This was more like, wait, was that the finish? Wait, that was the finish? Yeah. So, yeah, so I think this, in theory, this was good. Yes. I don't think the execution of it was particularly great. Agreed, yes. On multiple levels, not only the, the, the bits you and I both up there, but mm -hmm. what you brought up a moment ago, which is, baby, you've done this last week. Mm -hmm. Like, if you'd have just shifted a lot of things forward, so you'd have done, like, the MJF mm -hmm. swerve confrontation two weeks ago, the hangman thing the week before that. Yeah. So we can still do all of that great stuff, but you've already got, like, um, you you know a person in this group. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sort of, like, give some answers there, joke and cut a promo about this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I take your point on that. I, and I, I think as well, Again, something that would have been nice if we had a little bit extra time for it, either in the segment this time or if we did it like a week earlier or something, is what was Joe's goal here? Was it to cost Max the tag titles or was it to beat Max up so that he's not 100% for the pay-per-view? Because before he was like, well, I'm going to protect you. I want you to be 100% of the pay-per-view because I don't want there to be any excuses, blah, blah, blah. That was his his reasoning before. But now this time he's he beat up Max before the thing and his turn came not by costing him the tag titles, like it is in your one, but afterwards because he wanted to beat Max up. Yeah. If he's going to beat Max up, beat him up more. <laughs> yeah. He I did think... one muscle buster. And it was like, oh, my my great plan. You know, it was like, you know, you know that Paul Heyman storyline where it's like, oh, I'm going to turn on Brock Lesnar and I'm going to side with Roman Reigns and it's all so I can spray some mace in his face. And it yeah. was like, don't you have more than that? Like for me, like Joe's goal here should be to incapacitate Max. It yeah. should be like to rule him out almost from, from competing kind of thing. And it felt like the turn, while cool and being like, oh, Joe's worked with the devil. His payoff should have been like, I'm going to injure Max so he can barely compete because he knows that Max will compete anyway, even if he shouldn't. Yeah. Max is going to put it all on the line anyway because that's what he does. So I feel like it should have been a bit more than just like, here's a chair shot, here's a muscle buster. That's it. I, I would agree with that. I suppose the question that we now have is how long has Joe been mm. in cahoots with the devil? And this is why I wanted more yeah, time. The, the, the we don't we don't like, know things about this. I guess, I guess in a way, like you could argue there's a bit of intrigue and tease about that. But I, for me, that's not intrigue about the match, though. That's right. It's intrigue about the story itself. Exactly. Like you can you can have 
you can have your cake and eat it uh, in, in your world, which mm. is you do this the week previous and you say you still have the intrigue of why he did, but then you get your answers to that and still the heat going into the pay-per-view. And the answers inform the match. The answers build heat for the match. Yeah. Like that's that would be yeah. my my way to, to, to build to this more. To give it like the one huge bit of positivity I will put on this though mm-hmm. is... We don't have the ROH tag titles on, on MJF anymore. That is We're, a good thing. Which I do think since Adam Cole went out injured has been weighing him down. It was such a good idea when Adam Cole was around. Stroke a genius. Bingo. That's yeah. exactly it. All in weekend mm-hmm. when they won the tag belts. Perfect. It was the perfect thing to do. It was the right thing to be doing for the storyline at that point. The second that Cole got injured, it has just been this crutch around this story because it's just meant that oh, he's defending it on pay-per-view, but in two-on-one handicap matches, mm-hmm. or he's defending on pay-per-view with a surprise partner. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it really has been holding him back, I feel. Yeah. And it's actually it's been holding ROH back mm-hmm. as well, because, you know, Final Battle wasn't defending the tag titles on there, which means the Ring of Honor just hasn't had the tag belts now since the summer. Mm-hmm. Like, it hasn't been on TV since the summer. They've just been elsewhere in, in AEW's verse. Yeah. So I think it's good that he doesn't have those tag belts anymore. Plus Big it agree. Gives, it gives him some nice heat and, you know, character motivations, which would have been nice in a promo if you were in your world. Yeah. <laughs> But it gives him nice character motivation to being like, you took away the thing I've been trying to defend for my best friend. Mm-hmm. So that that's, I think there's some nice things around there. Yes. There, it's not a complete terrible segment. No. Uh, there's definitely some positives to be taken out of this. It's just, it feels like the execution, it could have been great. Yes. And it was fine. Yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What do you think about it? Let us know in the comments down below. We're doing a pre-recorded show today, so we don't have any uh, ultra chats mm-hmm. uh, to go through. Um, but thank you all so much for watching all of our content. Over, do you, shall I go through some of the at the end of year award stuff now? Yes. Shall let's I do this do it, now? Let's do it now. I'll do it Why now not? while I'm remembering it. Okay. So we had a cutoff date for the end of year results, mm-hmm. uh, which was December the something. I can't. I can't sure. remember what it was, but it was December the something we had. Four people 
submitted late. Ugh. And it was either like after we'd recorded the episodes mm -hmm. or it was like a couple of days after we recorded the episodes. But some yep. people got their submissions in late. Sure. And that is like, oh, that's that's disappointing because their voices mm -hmm. uh, can't be can't be heard within mm -hmm. the pantheon of other great names. Yeah. But I was bored on the train, Pete. <laughs> so I thought, how does this affect our uh -huh. current top 10 as, sure. as it is? I mean, it doesn't because they submitted late. Just want to clarify that. Absol absolutely, yeah. it doesn't. And I should say, for best wrestler, the top four remains the same. Cool. So Osprey won, mm -hmm. MJF came second, Gunther came third, and Danielson came fourth. Yeah. Like, that is unchanged. Yeah. The biggest change, I would say is that Jey Uso and Roman Reigns fell out of the top 10, mm. fell to 11th and 12th respectively. Jey Uso was actually tied with Orange Cassidy for points, but Orange Cassidy got more nominations than him. LA Knight jumped up into the top 10 because he got a top level nomination mm. uh, within the four that submitted later. So he came in ninth and Rhea Ripley jumped up to fifth. Wow. Through four nominations, mm -hmm. jumped up to fifth. That is how close she was yeah. in that top 15 to breaking through into the top 10. That four nominations came in and she jumped up right into, uh, and I think she did get a top level in that as well. Rad. So Leapfrog, uh, Cody Rhodes, and Swerve Strickland, and LA Knight, and Sami Zayn, and Orange Cassidy. Crazy. Which, you know, we were talking about this on the best, best wrestler of the year. We're like, it kind of sucks that we've had no women in our top mm -hmm. 10. But these four late submissions, mm -hmm. if you'd have got them in on time, would have pushed her in. Same story with the uh, best match. It was still Kenny Omega versus mm -hmm. Will Ospreay. It yep. was still Hangman versus Swerve in yep. second. It was still MJF Danielson in third, and Gunther versus Chambers versus Drew in fourth, and Danielson versus Sabre Jr. in fifth. In fact, I don't think much changed that. Oh, the only thing that did change is the Men's Royal Rumble mm -hmm. uh, jumped up to 10th place. Oh, cool. Knocking off um, Brian Danielson versus Ricky Starks. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, best pay-per-view... Uh, Wrestle Dream got into the fifth position, I think. Mm -hmm. That didn't make it into the top five yeah. last time. But Wrestle Dream got into the top five, uh, but everything else remained the same. Uh, don't think there was any big changes in the worst match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just looking at that now. Yeah. yeah, no, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes still remained in the top 10. <laughs> Roman versus Jay still in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, there was more of a points distinction between. Adam, because you remember Adam Cole versus Jericho, mm -hmm. Shane versus The Miz. I oh, know it was Adam Cole versus Jericho, Austin. There was three matches that all got the same score, right? Yeah. But I've, got it, I've got it right here. I can tell you which one it was. Uh, Adam Cole versus Jericho, Jeff Jarrett versus Jeff Hardy, and Austin Theory versus John Cena all got the same points. Yeah. That did get separated out. So the third was Jarrett versus Hardy. Mm -hmm. Fourth was Shane versus Miz, which jumped up mm -hmm. a few places. Then it was Cole versus Jericho, which tied with Theory versus Cena. Okay. But Siri versus Thena did get, technically did come fifth because I got three top level nominations. Yep. And worst pay-per-views was more or less the same. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, All Out still remained. I, th I really thought Double or Nothing. So crazy. I think it's mad that All Out was in the top five. That is insane. I think it's genuinely insane. Yeah. And it was only by one point it'd be Double or Nothing, but I think that yeah. is madness. Because I thought Double yeah. or Nothing was such a worse show. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. I, th I thought when you know, going through the comments of like people's thoughts on the awards, I mm. saw so many shouts for the Four Pillars Four Way mm. from Double or Nothing. Amazed that that didn't make it into top ten. Yeah. But looking at it, I don't think it got a single nomination. Wow. Just double checking. Yeah, it that's didn't get, crazy. It didn't get a single nomination across the sort of even with the extras that mm. came in late between like the sort of forty odd nominations we got, not a single nom. Wow. That is insane, because that is a great match. It's so good. Just shows the caliber of wrestling of, for 2023. Yeah. That is insane. Anyway, I was born on the train, so I thought yeah, I'd do a little bit. So, so there you go. There's a slight bit of update for you there on the... the but the official standings are the ones that are in the video. Oh, yeah. That is... That's a little fun addendum. That's yes. the, that's the uh, elsewhere... Yes. Uh, the Elseworlds uh, uh, standings. Alternate timeline. Yeah. yeah. If, uh, you know, if Kate from Fightful had got her submissions in on time. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, name is shame. I don't know if it was Kate from Five. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you just call her out and you don't even know it was her. I think she was one of them. Tegan was definitely one of them. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, Tegan was for sure one yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was the first one I saw was Tegan. I was like, no, oh, Teagues. <laughs> Come on, mate. You, you had so long to do this. And I know she's been thinking about this for a while because she messaged me the second I sent it to her, being like, yeah. I'm going to put a lot of thought in this. Yeah. I know, you put too much too thought. Much. Too much yeah. thought in it, Tegan. Yeah.
let's get into the rest of New Year's Smash and we kick things off with Gold League semi-finals. John Moxley versus Swerve Strickland versus Jay White. Hot dog, this was good. This match ruled. Oh, this was so, so great. Yeah. I've loved the Gold League. Mm -hmm. I've loved Moxley in it. I've loved Swerve in it. I've loved Jay White in it. I have loved the Gold League. Mm -hmm. I think the Gold League is... People have, haven't loved it as much. I think it's had both Briscoe and Jay White mm -hmm. in there, both on zero points. Mm -hmm. But I've I've loved the Do you gold. Mean lethal. What did I say? Jay White. Yeah, sorry, lethal. <laughs> Again, Vince was right. Like having people <laughs> with the same name just it adds confusion. Uso. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the same. It's all the same. Uh, Jay Lethal and, and Mark Briscoe. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. Um, I think having both them on zero points has sort of made people have been a bit down on it. It's a bit more of the predictable league. Mm. I think ending up with a triple threat shows that this has been fairly unpredictable as, mm -hmm. a, as a gold league. So I don't think anyone saw a triple threat coming out of this. All of them on 12 points. Yeah. And I've loved this match so, so much. It went like nearly 25 minutes. So it took up the first like half hour of the show with entrances. It was awesome. Oh, this is so fun. I love that this is a rare triple threat in AEW. I love that triple threats are rare. I don't know why. It just makes it feel more important. I wrote a couple times in my notes and mentally just went, Swerve's the man. Yeah. In this match, he's so cool. He's so good. Um, I because I, I, mean, I did the the news video this morning uh, and as part of that when I'm gathering news stories I do tend to see some of the results from some of the shows that have happened the previous night I'd seen the result of this match it did not take away from my enjoyment because there's some of the near falls I'm still like well that's it <laughs> even though I know it can't be it there was a swerve near fall in mm -hmm. this when he was pinning he had like a jackknife on Jay White or something and Jay White kicked out like 2.999 oh. oh my god yeah to the point where the crowd thought they'd bollocksed it yeah like it's they didn't it was like a completely mm -hmm. clean kick out yep. but it was so close to that three that the crowd mm -hmm. went like oh yeah oh <laughs> this crowd this Orlando crowd I thought were mm -hmm. great throughout the night they were um they were so hot for Swerve Strickland. Mm -hmm. like, they wanted to see Swerve win this. Yeah. Because like he's become, as you were saying. He's the man. He's the man. He's yeah. the guy yeah. of AEW right now. So like, yeah, people were really like, like almost like frothing at the mouth mm -hmm. to see Swerve win. I think they'd have been very happy seeing Moxley win as well, yeah. which which they were when he did. I mean, I went into this, when they first announced the, the standings and the, the, the tables for this, I said to Tempest on the train, I was like, well, this has got Moxley versus Kingston as the finals like all over. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had in the back of my head, that's probably the direction that we're heading. That it did not say, like stop me from because I was like swerves on such a roll. Mm -hmm. Jay White, I felt was probably the lesser of the three options in terms of like going into the finals. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't discredit him from the work that he's done in his. Because I also thought he does need a big bit of rehabilitation mm -hmm. after full gear. So right. give, giving him the win. I think him getting to the finals does a, a huge amount for him. But Mox wins here. He gives a Jay White the Death Rider, so he gets the revenge for the uh, the, the the attack last week with the mm -hmm. chair and the avenging the loss last week as well. And Swerve Strickland was just too late mm -hmm. to, to break up that pin. A great match. This made everyone look great. Yeah. And as has the C2 as a whole, this is why tournaments are the best thing in wrestling. They are so good for this reason in particular, because you get stories that you wouldn't have anywhere else in wrestling i love this uh and i love that at so many different points everybody looked like they were winning and like convincing near falls not just like they had an opportunity to win they had a near fall everyone went oh yeah that's it and then you get the mox win at the end it was perfect and then i'm really glad they put this match on first because then you get it's moxley versus either brian danielson or eddie kingston and it goes Oh, that's great! Because either one of the people who win, you've got a story. Absolutely, oh, it's like, perfect. It's so it's been a, such a brilliantly booked, yeah, G one round robin tournament. Mm -hmm. I, I full credit to them. Yeah, it's it's had its detractors, but I feel like I mean, we were talking about this on last week's show. I feel like most of the detractors to it were detractors going into it, yes. so it's not like they were never going to have their minds changed. But I've, I think those who've been along for the ride have been. Boiled with great mm -hmm. wrestling. Yeah. And that's the thing as well. Like I I think back to when WWE announced they were doing King of the Ring. It was mm -hmm. like 2019 or so. They were bringing back King of the Ring, whatever it was. And we had people emailing in because the G1 was running at a similar time. Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's going to be WWE's G1. No, it's not. And I was like, I wouldn't get too excited mm -hmm. because WWE, A, hate King of the Ring. Yeah. 
and it's obviously in the events era, hate King of the Ring, and B, don't particularly love doing tournaments, mm -hmm. and C, it's not really a wrestling company. Yeah. I think if they did a King of the Ring now, it'd be a very different story because Agreed. I think Triple H would want to do a more wrestling-centric and wrestling-focused King yeah. of the Ring. Yeah. But this is kind of what people wanted out of AEW from the get-go, mm -hmm. was this is wrestling for wrestling fans who mm -hmm. like wrestling. Yeah. And it's just, you know, Tony Khan had the thing. He was like, if you if you keep telling me you want to see good wrestling on AEW, like, put your money where your mouth is and watch the C2. Mm -hmm. And I've watched this, and, like, here's some money. I'm putting it in my mouth because I loved this. Yeah. I've enjoyed this tournament so, so much. And this was a show that only had four matches on it. Mm -hmm. And... The other two matches both went under 10 minutes. One of them went like nine minutes something, which was the women's match. Then the MJF one, as we said, was more angle than it was match. But these two C2 finals, semifinals, 25 minutes they were given basically in ring. Amazing. I can't wait so for the final. So much fun. I love this triple so threat. So much fun. Love and, this match. And then if I wasn't excited enough, because mm -hmm. you're right, like John Moxie, I'm like, oh, it's either Danielson or it's mm -hmm. Kingston. Yeah. It's either the underdog of it, of it being Kingston or... Brian proves that he's a bum mm -hmm. and it's going to be Danielson and it's BCC versus mm -hmm. BCC. Yep. And then they played a video package for Danielson versus Kingston. And I was like, oh, I can't wait. Yeah. I cannot wait to see this match. Mm -hmm. And it more than delivered. We'll get to that in a bit. But because we spent half an hour doing the wrestling, mm -hmm. we then spent the next half an hour of the mm -hmm. show doing talking segments. Yeah. Did six of them back to back. It was quite a lot. Some backstage, some two of which were like on screen, ad breaks in between. We started off with Swerve Strickland being interviewed backstage by uh, Tony Schiavone. And that set up a match with Keith Lee for Saturday in an odd segment. Yeah, I, would have, I feel like it would have benefited from Keith Lee being there. I, I don't know this for sure. Mm -hmm. I... I'm under the impression, or I get the feeling he was supposed to be there. Mm. You know, there have been those reports of like Keith Lee didn't show up for something because he didn't know that he was supposed to yeah. be there. There was like a miscommunication mm -hmm. in like the setup for it, and he wasn't. He and then there was like, oh no, he was. He wasn't supposed to be there, but he thought he was. And yeah, there's been all this stuff with him because they kept saying, "Is he here?" Mm -hmm. And Tony Giovanni said, "Oh, he's here." But if, I, if he doesn't see you, he gave me this to give you. Yeah. I feel like this whole segment was set up to be Swerve and Keith Lee would have a stare down, mm -hmm. but Keith Lee wasn't there. So they had to do this right around of it of like, oh, no, no, no. And he is here, guys. Like, Keith Lee is here in the building, but I've, I've got the contract. He gave it to me to give to you just in case he wasn't around when I was doing your interview. Yeah. It was a weird segment, this one. And like... Swerve being frustrated and saying that they're like, oh, the C2 is amazing. I've proved that I'm one of the best in the world. Like, I didn't win that match, sure. But, you know, I wasn't pinned. I'm still one of the best in the world to do it. Also, Keith Lee, we should have a match. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, because it's because Keith Lee's been kind of calling him out. Yes. And talking about this he that he has a mm -hmm. problem with. And so yeah. he's like, oh, has he got a problem with me? Well, here you go. Like, I want to get a contract to have a match with you this Saturday. Yeah. And then Tony Schiavone is like, well, you know, Keith Lee is here. Uh, today, mm -hmm. but he gave me this contract to, to hand to you. And Swerve's got this contract. I was like, okay. And Prince Anna was like, whoa, a contract. I haven't been yeah. approached to approve this contract. And Tony was like, well, that is your approval. That's, that's, that's what a contract's <laughs> that's, for. That, that, that is it. And then Swerve was like, it's okay. And then they walked off. Yeah. It was very strange, that one. Yeah, I, I don't think this worked. No, no, it didn't. <laughs> but Swerve's great. Swerve's great, and I'm glad they're doing a match. It's very, very late. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad they're finally having it. I suppose. Uh, Mariah May then had an interview on the stage with Renee Paquette, where mm -hmm. she announced that she's going to be having her first match in AEW next week on Dynamite mm -hmm. because she feels that 2023 has been a bit icky. Mm. So she'd rather wait until 2024 to do this. This was kind of a bit of a backdrop because Riho then came out to attack Mariah May because uh, Mariah May attacked her last week. And then Tony Storm ran down. Riho beat up Tony Storm for a bit, stood tall to that's your go home angle for mm -hmm. the pay-per-view. It was fine. It was fine. I, I think to me, this kind of signaled that like, yeah, we got the Reho stuff, but really let's focus on the Mariah May stuff. That's the important bit next week. Yeah. Mariah May's like her whole catchphrase. It's all about Mariah's is like, yeah, that that's not only just for your character. That's also this story. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this has not, nothing to do with Reho here, though I do yeah. think they're going to have a very good match. Mm -hmm. Then we were backstage and we had an interview with Top Flight and Action Andretti where they said, look, we came up short. 
uh, for the trios titles. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that we're done with trios action. There's still lots of great trios teams mm -hmm. that we could face. And in walks chaos of mm -hmm. Orange Cassidy, Rocky Romero, and Trent Beretta. And Orange Cassidy's like, oh, we get it. You know, you're laying out challenges. We're only five feet away. Yeah. So see you on Rampage. Yeah. And then they walk off. <laughs> and, and then <laughs> Action and Trey. They're like, you know, hey, cool. It's a match on, on Rampage. He gets around a match on Rampage. And Action and Trey is like, sounds good. And he gets this water bottle out of his pocket, undoes the cork, and then he just puts it into and he goes <laughs> and he crushes the bottle into his mouth. And so he drinks all the water immediately while sucking it through. And it is like instant. Like it is, it's unreal how quickly he does it. It's genuinely impressive. But it's so weird that the commentators giggle. Yeah. And, they, and the crowd are going like, huh? Because <laughs> you've got Excalibur and Taz giggling over what just transpired. You miss his outro line, which I think was probably something like, what he? What did he tweet? Uh, hydretti. Hydretti. <laughs> Stay hydretti or something. Oh, that was the God. weirdest out. And on a I show where that. Harley Cameron pull out a knife later on in this show. <laughs> this was one of the weirder things I've seen in a backstage segment on Dynamite. But uh. this has the potential to get over. Oh, massively. this is getting over. Of course it is. This is going to get him more over than him beating Chris Jericho. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's got the possibility of the, being... This was brilliant. I loved it. I was so perplexed by it. I don't get it, but I love it. Also, terrible for the planet. Like, uh, really bad. Get a reusable bottle, Action Antre. <laughs> you can't crush it then. <laughs> What's he going to do? Get a new party trick. <laughs> get, get something else to get you over. A personality might help. <laughs> but like... Honestly, this is his personality. <laughs> but honestly, bud, that's a slam on Andrew which I don't mean. I'm only kidding. But like, as well as I was like, mate, we're all trying to not use single-use plastics, mate. Yeah. This, this has got, this has not got like recycling written all over it. <laughs> Danielson's in charge of a lot of things, mate. This is really going to annoy him. Oh, man. Brilliant segment. Honestly. Loved it. 10 I, out of 10. I wanted no to have this as the thumbnail. Yeah. No notes for this one. <laughs> no notes. Absolutely brilliant. Oh. Miro then had a video promo <coughs> calling out Andrade El Idolo. They're mm -hmm. going to have a match at World's End as well. That's just yeah. something that's been brewing in the background of the C2 for the past few weeks. Mm -hmm. And then we got mm. the Don Callis family segment, which was also multiple other segments. Yeah. This has got so much in common with... Turns out AR Fox can't travel across to the UK, and we've only found this out the week before All In, so mm -hmm. we need to change the All In match. Yep. Uh, so we need to do a big <clears throat> angle that's actually three different angles that will involve a babyface turn, someone being kicked out of a group, and a new pay per view match being announced. Yeah. Because that's what happened here as well. Mm -hmm. In summation, the Don, Callis came, the Don Callis family came out to do Boxing Day treats. I quite enjoyed that because this is an American TV show, they had to go to great lengths to explain what Boxing Day is. Yeah. Or Boxing Week. Boxing Week. Because it. it's not actually on Boxing Day. It was on the yeah. 27th. Yeah. So they couldn't... It's not actually Boxing Day because that's yeah. the 26th. But uh, us here as Brits, were like, yeah, Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Yeah. Yeah. But also, it's, you it's, don't, a, it's a bank holiday. You don't really give gifts on Boxing Day. That's okay. No. It's fine. What you do on Boxing Day is you just have Christmas dinner again because yep. it's all the leftovers mm -hmm. from christmas you watch the christmas movies that you didn't get to watch on mm -hmm. christmas day or in the lead up to christmas or you see other members of your family that you didn't see on christmas day play with all the new toys that you got play with all the new toys right. exactly that yeah um so yeah so it's not not quite what they were doing here it's fine but it's fine so what happened was the Don Callis family said it's a Christmas present. It's fine, <laughs> whatever, doesn't matter. He was doing it for heat because yeah, it's a Canadian. Canada. Because it's a Canadian yeah. thing. He was like, in Canada, we yeah. do this thing to be like, boo. Ooh. I guess. Yeah. In Canada, we give gifts. <laughs> Look at us, what assholes <laughs> we are. So they he gives them gifts. He gives them, and they're all paintings. Yes. Um, imagine Mel Coleman ones. Gives them all mm -hmm. paintings. They are. And, yes. Yeah. And it's like the you know the, the funny one was uh, Carl Fletcher and Don Callis beating up kangaroos. That's good. Thought it was funny. It's also good because he doesn't have tattoos in that one, but he does have tattoos in the other ones. And Taz just goes, "Oh, we lost the tattoos in that one." <laughs> and then Sammy Guevara makes his return. Oh. And Sammy Guevara comes Intrigue. out. 
if you don't recall, he was part of the Don Callis family prior mm-hmm. to getting concussed. So he came back. He cuts a promo about how... <laughs> He, he is like we've got powerhouse Hobbs. He beat Chris Jericho. We've got Big Take, and he beat Carl. Vlad- it was almost like he'd forgot what his name was. He's like we've got Big Take, and he beat uh, Kenny Omega twice in one yeah. week. And then he won, moved on. And Carl Fledge went, "What about me? <laughs> A <laughs> current champion? No yeah, less. he's the Ring of Honor TV champion. Yeah. Just won it like last yeah. week or so. And the camera literally pans around as Carl Fledge goes, "What about me?" <laughs> That was really good. Wild. So anyway, he's talking to Don, and he's like, Don, you didn't call me when I had a concussion. Mm-hmm. And Don's like, you know, well, I got you a present. Mm-hmm. And they reveal the present, and it's the Don Callis family surrounding Sammy Guevara with his newborn. Mm-hmm. And Sammy's like, just who in the hell gave you permission to put my baby in a painting? <laughs> and Don's like, uh, I, I mean, I got you a present. <laughs> It's, it's nice, right? Look, you're surrounded by your family. That's a good thing. Because you're not mentally capable of being a parent. Yeah. It's a bit tenuous. That, oh, but, you know, fine. Yeah, tenuous though it was. So then the rest of the Don Callis family beat up Sammy Guevara as part of his babyface turn, kicking him out of the group. Chris Jericho runs down to make the save. Mm-hmm. They hug, reunite mm-hmm. the sex god, completing the babyface turn for... Uh, Sammy Guevara. Yep. Then Big Bill and Ricky Starks ran out through the crowd to attack Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. Then the lights went out, and then Sting and Darby Allen were in the ring to clear house and make the save. And now we have an eight-man tag at the pay-per-view. Yeah. That was a lot happened in this short space time. It was a long segment. Yes. Helped by the fact that this hot Orlando crowd gave them everything they needed. They did pop for Pretty much everything in the segment. That's it. They gave Callus the right amount of heat. Mm-hmm. They gave all of the baddies heat. They gave Starks and Big Bill heat. They popped big for Jericho coming out. They popped big for Sammy's return. They popped big for Sting and Darby making the save. So the crowd helped this a lot, I think. Mm-hmm. But good gravy. This was four segments combined into one. I feel like there must have been an easier way. <laughs> I don't. I again. I, I, I don't oh, know. Oh, Pete, this is where you're wrong. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think if there this is. was pretty self-explanatory right here. I don't know what that way is. I just feel like there has to have been an easier way to get to something like Guevara and Jericho versus Starks and Big Bill. You have Jericho doesn't have a partner anymore, and he's a bit down, and he's like, oh well, you know, I don't have a partner anymore. I guess that means I don't get a tag title shot. Starks and Big Bill can be like, hey, you don't get a tag title shot. You don't have a partner. Blah blah blah. Maybe the Callus family walk by at that point and being like, yeah, you don't have any friends. This is what happens when you betray the Don Callis family, blah, 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 whatever. And Sammy Guevara comes back and Callis family like, hey, Sammy, you're here. And then he's like, no, actually, I'm here to, to be with Jericho or whatever. It's tenuous. It's bad. It's rushed. I get it. But sometimes you need to do that when you have last minute changes like that. I just feel like this was a bit much, you know? Th- this felt like it was sort of booked backwards. Yes. It was like, okay, well, we want to get to this eight-man tag. Mm-hmm. What do we need to do there? Okay, well, Sting and Darby Allen need to make the save for Chris and Sammy. All right, okay, well, how do we get to that? Well, Ricky Styles and Big Bill attack uh, them and Sting <laughs> yes. and Darby Allen. Okay, well, how do we get to that? Well, um, the Don Cal- <laughs> Sammy turns on the Don Cal- Okay, well, how do we get to that? Well, Chris Jericho <laughs> yeah. runs down and makes it. Okay, yeah. well, how do we get to that? Yes. And because I think in your world where it's just like, it's Sammy and Jericho and that's the partnership, the mm-hmm. question would have been, wasn't he part of the Don Callis family? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's why I think you ne- you do need to have a Don Callis family interaction here somewhere, which I get. But it was the fact that you also inserted Ding, uh, D- Ding and Starby. <laughs> Sting and Starby into this. <laughs> well, there's Sting's final match. It's mirror versions of themselves. Sting and Starby. Yes. Okay, here's what you do. It's someone who's as, as tall as Sting, but is in like Darby getup. And someone who is as small as Darby, but that, they're in Sting getup. That's Sting and Starby. That's it. That's it. That's the match right there. Honestly, AEW, pick up the phone. I'm, I'm full of ideas like this. We've got such great ideas. <laughs> Um, anyway, I just feel like there should have been something better. This wasn't very good, very drawn out, and it was very... All of the tension was very... felt very manufactured, you know? Like, there was a lot of stuff that could have probably just been smoothed over if people just spoke like normal humans. But yeah. it just felt like it was a very manufactured of Sammy Guevara being like, you put my baby in a painting! It's like, yes, that's very thoughtful. Why are you mad about that, Sammy? And then it was Don being like, yeah, well, you're not a good dad! And it's like, why would you say... What? Yeah, it, yeah it was just a bit like... Why is anyone saying this? 
I think this was slightly all over the show. Yes, it was. This was like we've kicked over four paints, uh, four cans of paint, and then we're yeah. trying as we're trying to clear up the mess. We're actually creating a picture <laughs> here, and I think it's and it's an eight man tag. Yeah, uh, but I do think like okay, if it were me. I, I don't think we needed to have Jericho and Starks and Big Bill mm-hmm. like as part of this. Like if we're saying that that match is off at World's End, maybe mm-hmm. we don't need them on World's End. We can just do Sammy versus Takeshita at the pay-per-view or yeah. Sammy versus Carl Fletcher at the pay-per-view. And that's, that's Sammy going up against the Don Callis family. Because do you know what I don't need to see? Chris Jericho fight the Don Callis family again. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't need to see him beat the Don Callis family Again, which he will, which he will, because yeah. I think you know we'll have our predictions tomorrow. But spoilers, I think that the baby faces are going to win, so I don't need to see Jericho beating them again. Mm-hmm. And so, like when Jericho ran out to make the save, I'm like, yeah, I guess, but oh, I'm so mm-hmm. tired of seeing Jericho feuding with the Dunkar. Oh, we were done with this; we mm-hmm. moved past it, and now it's just now we're kind of doing it again. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's circumstances and happenstances, but we didn't need to do it this way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that that's that's my like my other thing I'd add, I'd add on. One more thing. The bit that really came to me as well was like, why was Sting and Darby there? Why did they make the save? Other than like, well, baby faces. Because we need to get to an eight-man yeah, tag. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the reason. But in storyline, because the thing is, they've fought Jericho and Sammy and Sting oh, and yeah, Darby. Forbidden Door, yeah. They've Jericho and Sting have been in two matches together. It's Forbidden Door this year mm-hmm. and the Dynamite after Forbidden Door where it was Darby and Sting versus Jericho and Guevara, and at Forbidden Door, it was Darby and Sting and Naito versus Jericho, Guevara, and Suzuki. Why are they helping them? <laughs> they don't like them. <laughs> oh, bats. <laughs> yeah, they have a bat in common. Like, I, I, I don't mean the animal, I mean the, ba- the baseball variety. Yes. But I, yeah, it just feels like, like I said, it just felt very manufactured. All oh, of yeah. it was like, so much tension between people that shouldn't have been there. The baby faces came out to save people they shouldn't have been saving. It was all just like, ah, eight-man tag. Yeah. Yeah, I, just, you know, it, it is a victim of circumstance. Absolutely. Because Kenny fell ill. But yeah, this is not like, it's not a great make-do. No, exactly. Because yeah. I guess, like, would the pay-per-view have just had Sting and Darby against the Don Callis family? Sting and Darby against Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Like, I thought well, I, actually, I thought once they did the save, it was like, oh, we're going to do like a triple threat tag match. Mm, yeah. And then, and then they were like, oh, it's a it's an eight-man. I was like, yeah. all right, okay, yeah, I guess that also yeah. works. Yeah. And then the the final of our talking segments, technically is the penultimate because we also had Excalibur run down the World's End card. The yep. final talking segment was backstage. Roderick Strong uh, had an It's Always Sunny mm-hmm. style board where he was like, Max is the devil. Mm-hmm. I don't think we needed this. It's just keeping that plate spinning. I don't think we needed it. Roddy's very funny though. Yeah. So then I was like, all right, I'm done with the talking now. That has been half an hour there, there was also a tease of a sit-down interview with Christian Cage and Adam Copeland, which yeah. happened later. So yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm done with the talking now. I could really do with some wrestling. I was like, hey, Brian Danielson's here! And he comes out with his arms in the air, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to hug him. Like, I'm so excited <laughs> for a big old wrestling now, because it's Danielson versus Eddie Kingston in the finals of the Blue, semi-finals of the Blue League. Mm-hmm. So it's the semi-finals of the C2, the finals of the Blue League. Mm-hmm. And... I thought that triple threat, I was like, ah, match of the tournament. Yeah. Like, that's, that's been the best thing in the tournament so far. At a tournament that's had a lot of like great matches in it, that's the best thing in the tournament. And then this happened. Mm-hmm. And this is a perfect underdog story match. Because what I loved about the, the, the triple threat was, that was like crowd brawling. Mm. Like The opening part of it was just them all brawling around because it's no DQs because it's a triple threat. And it's Jay White using a chair in this and the other. And so they're brawling and Jay White can't really get into the match because it's um, Moxley and it's Swerve Strickland and their sort of deathmatch hangman history that they've got brawling in the crowd. So Jay White finally gets them into the ring and he's like, I'm now going to do the wrestling side of things. So it's a chop block to Moxley's knee. Take him out, beat up Swerve a little bit, go back to Moxley, take out the knee again. So they had sort of like various different varieties in there. This was just straight up wrestling match. And it was the underdog versus the best wrestler on the planet who's not named Will Ospreay or by our listings also Gunther or MJ <laughs> and it's the underdog story of that and it's the fighting spirit of Eddie Kingston never being able to beat Brian Danielson but he's beaten Claudio if he can beat Danielson that's two if he beats Danielson that's Moxley and that could be a third one 
He's then beaten all of the members of the Blackpool Combat Club. That's pretty juicy. That's pretty mm-hmm. spicy. And it was these two just beating the snot out of each other. Holy heckins, the chops in this match. Mm-hmm. Crivens. It yeah. was like, I was awesome. Yeah. I think for me, like this match was great in and of itself. So great back and forth. Great underdog story for Kingston. But the bit that sold it for me, I was already having a great time. But the bit that sold it for me was when uh, Danielson hit the knee and Kingston kicked out. And everyone went, oh, my God, Kingston kicked out. And there was just a bit where he's on, where he's on the floor and the referee's checking on him. And Kingston just throws up the, throws up the middle oh. finger towards Danielson. Oh, it's just, perfect. Because slightly before that, Danielson mm-hmm. was mocking him for throwing up the middle finger during their uh, Blue League match. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're going to flip me off now? Where's, yeah. Where are you flipping me off? Like, King, mm-hmm. like, what's going on, Eddie? You bum, you bum. Why are yep. you flipping me off now? So then Kingston just flips him off. And it is this Danielson, the big smirk across yeah. his face. Oh, Danielson being this little like prick heel yeah. in this, like, which is what he sort of goes into when he's in this mode of like, no, I am better than you because mm-hmm. I am the best wrestler on the planet. Yeah. I'm the best in the world at this. And he just gets this big... It's what happened in the MJF match, that big smirk on his face being like, oh, I can do this all day. Mm-hmm. And I'm really enjoying myself doing it. And he gives him the middle finger and he's like, great. Yeah, perfect. Because now I'm going to kick your head in. Yeah. And because it's Kingston as well, it's like, I'm just going to kick you as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't mind, right? And yeah, he's yeah. like, oh no, because this is real. So... <laughs> Of course you're going to kick me. Otherwise, how are you going to beat me? Yeah, of course. So, so you say, I've got to hit you as hard as I can. I'm going to stomp you in the face as hard as I can. And this running drop kick into the corner. Mm-hmm. The blood, like proper, like right in the mush. This match was so great. Mm-hmm. I love Kingston's work in this. He made this big baby face fire comeback towards the end. Proper powering up. The straps are coming down and everything. And it's Eddie laid bare. Oh my God. It was so emotional. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful. It was so poetic. Yeah. I loved it. The last, like, two minutes of this match is perfect wrestling. It is that, like you said, it's that emotion of him getting the fi- the firing up and the straps coming down and the chops and backfist, backfist, powerbomb, and you go, oh my god, Eddie, yes! It is a perfect underdog finish. It is that powering up and the overcoming of that bigger obstacle. It was perfect. Kingston wins. Kingston's the guy. Kingston's the man. Yeah. As I said to Tempest, when they first announced the the tables, I was like, I feel like we're heading for a, excuse me, we're heading for a Moxley Kingston final mm-hmm. in Long Island for the Triple Crown. And Tempest was like, yeah, I mean, that does make sense. Mm-hmm. But Hot Dog, like I'd said that just the week prior to that, when they first announced this, I was like, this feels like it's Danielson's tournament. Yeah. It feels like this is, a, you know, Tony's gift to Danielson because he's always wanted to work one of these styles of mm-hmm. things. I mean, Dan said in that collision episode when they and like when they announced it, I was like, yeah, this feels like it's a Danielson thing. We had an ultra chat in last week saying the thing I hate about the C2 is that it's so predictable that Brian Danielson's winning it. Mm. And I said to that person, I was like, I don't think it's that predictable though, mm-hmm. because I don't think Danielson's winning it now. But yeah. like, but they still managed to convince me that he could do. Yeah. Because you had Moxley winning the Gold League. So as you mentioned earlier, you've got two perfect options of who his tournament finals could be against. Mm-hmm. I thought this was so great. Yeah. And then Moxley comes out. Ugh. No music. Yeah. Just walks down to the ring. And he's got a microphone in his hand. Ah. And then you've got the great Eddie Kingston. He's, you know, he's not been to promo class. So mm. he's just like, you got something to say? Mm. Hey, you're talking to the microphone. And yeah. you can hear him like mouthing off. I, just, I love Kingston so much for this. And Moxley, you know, basically says, look, I've only wanted one thing out of you. Like when you have, I put my reputation on the line to defend you. I've only ever asked one thing of you. A hundred percent. Bring a hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm asking you again to bring a hundred percent. Yeah. Because you're going to need it. Mm-hmm. And I already know, because I know you better than anyone else, that you already know you can't beat me. Mm-hmm. So really, I've already run. I've already won. Mm-hmm. He's like, because everyone, a lot of people like you. A lot mm-hmm. of people here like you. A lot of people around the world like you. They're certainly going to like you at World's End. Mm-hmm. But you don't like you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be able to take advantage of that, because I know you better than you know yourself. Yeah. And I know that you know you can't beat me, so I'm going to beat you quite easily. Yeah. And Kingston just fires back yeah. in only the way that Eddie Kingston can. Mm-hmm. And it was so, so great. Mm-hmm. Begging him to bring that fighting spirit. You bring your 100% because mm-hmm. I'm going to really enjoy slapping it out of you. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so good. It's so perfect. And for me, like the line that really 
told me where they're going with this and what they want to achieve with this tournament and with this final is Moxie saying, you want to be a triple ca- triple crown champion like your childhood heroes? You're going to need to earn every inch of that. And I'm like, oh, Kingston's going to, and it's going to make me cry. Okay, <laughs> cool, I get it. Right. Um, and for me, Moxley's the final boss of Eddie Kingston's story. Yeah. The C2 is Eddie Kingston's story, and Moxley's the final boss. That's so good. And it is perfect. Yeah. Eddie has to win yeah. at World's End. I'll be annoyed if Kingston doesn't win now. I will write an angry letter. <clears throat> yes. And and I and I might not send it. Yeah, I have got it out of my system. Yeah, and that's almost enough. Mm. I I loved all of this. I thought all of the C two stuff on this show was perfect. Mm-hmm. I really do so think good. credit to AEW on this one. I think they've done really good with their inaugural tournament. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for next year. Yeah, man, I love it. Can't love wait for the next C2. year. It's really really great. Uh, we were supposed to get a sit-down interview with Christian Cage and Adam Copeland. However, Adam Copeland was late to show up for mm-hmm. it, and then he just brawled with Christian instead, and they did a lot of grunting in the hallway while they brawled, got separated, and that's that. I, I don't know whether it's some sort of like audio processing issue I have with my ears or my brain or whatever, but for me, whenever you get all of the voices of like the locker room piling out to break up the fight and everyone's going whoa 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 stop 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 and they're pulling them apart and all that stuff that noise is so jarring in my head mm. i can't i can't i can't deal with it i was like i have to skip this i have fast forward i can't i mean for me it's more like the that just reminds me of pandemic wrestling that's oh, it right bad. like that is yeah. it, uh, when i was watching i was having flashbacks to him and randy yeah like, right WrestleMania, yeah. just wandering around the pc for yeah. 40 minutes being oh, like God. what plaything do you want to do this I don't know the weight machine's there <laughs> son of a bitch weight machine son of a bitch like and that's it's basically what we had here and like oh. yeah it's alright like yeah oh god they brawled they brawled the end and then surprisingly we had another match I really thought with 20 minutes left of the show well there won't be any more matches here but yeah. lo and behold we did have we had Chris Tatlander versus Sky Blue um like I, I, I I didn't go in this with a lot of expectations mm-hmm. because neither of these two uh, women have got a match at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. They're sort of in periphery of stories, mm-hmm. but this felt like a token women's match, mm-hmm. uh, for, for lack of a better word about it. But man, I thought they really pulled it out of the bag. And they I really they did. A, a really good little 10-minute match here. Isn't it weird that when you give women time to have a match... They have a really good match. Really good match. Isn't that weird? Like, Statlander was great. Like, Sky Blue was really good. Sky Mm -hmm. Blue is one of those people as well that Alexa Bliss and Rhea Ripley and Julia Hart, actually, to this degree, Mm -hmm. of, like, if you just let them be themselves, like, this is the sort of thing that they're into, then they just become better yeah they're just great because like Rhea Ripley was like when she first came into WWE was like hi I'm Rhea Ripley and Mm -hmm. like it'd be really nice to meet your dad and then (laughs) and and now she's just like I am your dad (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah it's like I I think that's you just let her be her Mm -hmm. and she like has has flourished through that same with Alexa Bliss same with Julia Hart Mm -hmm. and I think the same thing here with Sky Blue because Sky Blue's now she's way more gothy and stuff she's got Mm -hmm. new goth entrance music and stuff and people are like I think she feels more comfortable in her role Mm -hmm. and then yeah they're really really good and um, because of interference from Julia Hart we had an Avalanche Sky uh, Code Blue Mm -hmm. for the win which was also great. Really, really good. Love that. Really, really good match. I, I very much enjoyed it. And it kind of served several different stories, which I appreciate as well, because Stokely Hathaway was on commentary. Mm-hmm. So you had Stokely furthering his storyline with Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale. You were furthering this, the friendship relationship between Sky Blue and Julia Hart, mm-hmm. while at the same time doing the teasers of Hart versus Abaddon, because that's what's happening at the pay-per-view. Yep. So it's serving like quite a lot of different things and almost like fleshing out this TBS field mm-hmm. from just being Julia versus Monster of the Week in, in Abaddon mm-hmm. to multiple challenges there, there could be. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, also, there was a Chaos Theory German suplex in this match, which means it's a five-star match. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this. Great. Really, really enjoyed this. And Stokely was very funny on commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a moment where, like, I, I think it was Tony Schiavone said, because, like, Stokely was saying something and Taz was praising him for it. And Tony's like, why do you always suck up to people when they come out comedy? And Taz got really like, it was like, I don't, I don't do that. Like, I, was, I don't even like that guy. We're not friends. Like, it's just, like I think he made a good point. I get hazed here by Tony Schiavone. And Stokely was like, oh, we're not friends. Like, I bought you a Starbucks gift card. No one else gave you five bucks. <laughs> That was another great bit of like commentary 
excuse me, this was during the ad break mm -hmm. we got in the fight feed during the Kingston Danielson match, where Taz clearly thought he had a good point to make, mm -hmm. but made it very, very poorly. Yeah. Which is when he's like, hey, you know, there's Danielson guy. He's, he's a vegan, right? You know, like he, he cares about the earth and like wood and stuff. Like, you know, he cares about all these things. You know, you just don't expect it from this kind of guy. And they're like, what? <laughs> Like, oh, you know, he likes like likes to he likes plants and stuff. Like, you know, he likes to eat, like, he doesn't eat meat in that. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know why he's being so mean to Eddie Kingston. And him a bum. Like, you just don't expect it. You expect it from people like me, but like you don't expect it from people like Brian. You're like, he like he eats plants. Yeah. And they said, I was like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Like, yeah. When are we back on live? Yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about the main event. So the last thing to talk about is our final backstage segment of this show which was Ruby Soho mm -hmm. and Soraya. Mm -hmm. And Renee Paquette says, oh, Ruby, you've got a match on Rampage this week mm -hmm. with uh, Marina Shafir. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? And Ruby didn't really have a lot to say because she was interrupted early doors by Soraya. Mm -hmm. And Soraya is almost trying to still be Ruby's friend, even though Ruby feels to think that their friendship is kind of like, it's, it's falling away mm -hmm. because Tony Storm's gone now. And then she gets a call from Angelo Parker. Mm -hmm. So she's like, I've got to... And Soraya's like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, tell a guy I really like him. Mm -hmm. Also, I've got a new friend here. Yeah. Harley Cameron walks in. Because mm -hmm. QT, QT Marshall's gone now, so yep. we don't have a QTV anymore. So I don't know what Aaron Solo's going to do. And so Harley Cameron walks or in. Or Johnny TV, for that matter. Oh, yeah, he was part of that yeah. group. Oh, he's on Ring of Honor now. Johnny Honor. Yeah. And, um, John Honor. <laughs> Johnny Ring. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Ring. <laughs> and, so Harley Cameron's standing there and she's a bit like ooh, 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 a bit mm -hmm. sort of like you know big, big massive eyes yeah yeah and Renee's like oh hey so you know what's this friendship you've got here what, what's mm -hmm. all this about and Soraya's like oh Harley why, why didn't you show them sweetie why do we like each other and <laughs> Harley Cameron pulls out a knife <laughs> and Soraya's like oh no not that bit not that bit sweetie no um oh, we'll, we'll talk about it next week Renee we're like we've got to go now and I was like <laughs> what <laughs> And pull out a knife. <laughs> what? <laughs> she pulled out a knife and was like, "Not that." Like, well, what was she supposed to pull out then? And, which means you knew that was there. <laughs> yeah, you're okay with the knife being there. She, what? So Harley Cameron's new gimmick is, I like knives. I guess. Yep. Was she gonna stab someone? Is like that a new thing? Is it's like it's it's Chekhov's knife now? You've got to use it. <laughs> this, is it. this is like with Abyss with the nail covered board and stuff. Yeah, they had Janice through McIntyre's sword. Yeah, you've got to use it. Well, you've got to use it now. You keep threatening to chop someone's head off with it, so eventually someone's head's got to lob off. Yeah, and here's Harley Cameron being like, "Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Scream. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna stab someone. I guess Billy Loomis is my hero. I'm gonna go stab. I'm gonna be Stu, not Grayson. I'm just gonna start stabbing people. Yeah." Weird. She just comes out. She's like, "Got a really knife idea, guys." <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> Honestly, just, what is this segment? I it's like it's the the weird world that AEW currently is. Yeah, this is on the same show with Danielson and Kingston. Like <laughs> the most real thing that yeah. you can imagine. And like that triple threat, the C two and yeah. everything. It's like wrestling, wrestling show. Yeah. QT Marshall, they're being like, oh, I've got to leave, guys, because you're you're being too much of a wrestling company. And I mm. think you should be more of a sports entertainment company. On the same show <laughs> where you've got uh, Action Andretti squashing a <laughs> ball into his mouth. That's and, a ten out of ten segment. And Harley Cameron brandishes a knife, and Soraya's like, not that one, sweetie. We've got to know the other. Thing. What's the other thing? An axe? Which we'll talk about next, next week. week. Why can't you talk about it now? Hook and tease. <laughs> Come back next week with Dynamite. Find out more about this knife situation we find ourselves in. Oh, awesome. God. 10 out of 10 segment. Jesus. What a show. Can't wait for next week. Yeah. I'm so, in I'm so I the two things I'm so into. Mm -hmm. I I won't end. I've got all my excitement about that. Dynamite next week. I want to find out what's up with Action Andretti. Mm -hmm. I want another bottle segment. Yep. I want to see if you can do it with, with Pepsi. <laughs> and, and then I want to see what's, what's up with Harley Cameron. Yeah. I know her name now. Yeah. Otherwise, previously, I've been like, oh, what's her face from QTV? Mm -hmm. I know her name now. Yeah. Oh, I'm so in. The knife lady. That's her, yeah. <laughs> the very knife lady. <laughs> 
that was the show. I gave yeah. it three out of five. <laughs> yeah, it checks out. Yeah. Because I thought the wrestling was impeccable. Yeah. Uh, and the other segments were, you know, not passable. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah. And some of them weren't. Passable if you squint a bit. Look at them with an askance angle. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, it was, it was passable, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, three out of five show. Yeah. I, had a, I had a good hey, time yeah, with it. Out. But like it was, it's all the C2 stuff that I, I very much enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's it for this episode. Um, we are back tomorrow with our World End predictions, myself and Pete. And then on Saturday, it's our 2024 predictions, our Wild and Wacky predictions. That'd be myself and Oliver Davis. No SmackDown review this week. And then on Sunday, it's going to be the World End coverage with uh, Oliver Davis and Dan Layton. And then we're not doing anything for New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. That is New Year's no, Day. That's, that's New Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve. Yeah. We're not doing anything for New Year's Day, but then the Raw show will be back next week. On the 2nd. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, lots to check out and lots to tune in for. Please do press the subscribe button if it's your first time here and you haven't already. Give us a little thumbs up as well. And leave a comment down below with what you think of this episode. Till then, I've been Luke Owen, D-A-D. That has been Chopper Pete Quinnell, or just Pete Quinnell. Bye. Jam that jam. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.